Hello everyone. I'm Shwetangana Chakrabarti, the editor of The International Educator. A big warm welcome to the Thai podcast series. The Thai podcasts aim to bring alive the latest research in education, leadership strategies, DEIJ initiatives, classroom stories and student initiatives. Thai will be inviting the thought leaders, the school leaders, the student leaders in international education to share their stories with our audience. In the next 20 to 30 minutes, we will take you through a journey of excellence in education. This is our way of building capacity within our community by inspiring, equipping and empowering you with the finest examples of practice in education. Keep listening and keep sharing. A warm welcome to all of you. This podcast is being brought to you today uh, jointly by the International Educator and the Principals Training Center. Both the TAI and the PTC are agencies within the same nonprofit organization. And I'm Bambi Betts, the CEO of our overarching organization. Since our beginning over three decades ago, our mission has been to provide services and tools to advance leading, teaching, and learning in international schools, and uniquely in international schools. The PTC uh, provides professional learning opportunities for educators of all types and leaders, and TAI uh, provides recruitment and career development tools, as well as curates and creates content that's relevant again to international schools. And as a service organization, we feel and know that we have a moral responsibility, a moral obligation to continually explore and create new ways to assist international schools so that they can remain sort of laser focused on their purpose, which is of course more and better learning for all the learners in their charge. So in fact, this whole series of podcasts is dedicated to exploring one such major tool and that's the use of standards of practice for international educators. We offer it up as a very powerful way to advance quality teaching, also to uplift the profession overall and of course through the application of the standards um to achieve even greater equity of access to quality teaching by all the kids that we serve. Over the past several years, TAI and the PTC have collaborated with researchers and practitioners who are focused on this quality teaching and leading notion and together we have established these international standards of practice many schools around the world have already realized the power of such standards to impact learning and today we have with us one practitioner who will, you will be introduced to shortly who's going to be sharing uh, some of their experiences and ideas on what the use of standards looks like in practice to guide us in diving in to the standards speak today uh, we've invited Sue Easton who's our director of programs at the PTC and Sue is going to lead us and guide us into this conversation so Sue over to you thanks so much Bambi for framing our conversation i'm so happy to be here and i'm so happy to be here to introduce Julian today Julian i'm going to give you a chance to actually introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your role and how you work with teachers at your school currently 
Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, my name is Julian Edwards. I'm the Director of Learning and Innovation at the Kaus School, which is based in the University of, um, of Kaus in Saudi Arabia. So we're quite a unique context. So my role involves um, really looking after us as a whole school, um, making sure that everything we do is designed systematically, but also from a community point of view, K to 12. So I work particularly with curriculum development, um, professional development. I oversee um, the, the kind of any uh, developments in our professional development, consultancies, et cetera. And um, I'm also lucky enough to work through the divisions with a whole team of coaches uh, and more about that as we kind of unpack the story of our professional um, our professional learning system at, at TKS. That's great. Thank you so much. And we'd actually love to hear the story of how teacher, and I know that you also have leader standards, how they mm. were chosen at KAUST. And I know that you had the good fortune of working with um, Tony Birkin. So we want to hear a little bit about that as well. So if you can share with us your story. Yeah, certainly. Uh, the, the school began in, in 2009 as a kind of a massively quick startup in a university that was built from scratch in 18 months. So the first few years were about implementing the IB programs. And I think what happens when you do that, if you're a three program school, is that gives you plenty to work on in terms of professional inquiry. You know, it was more than enough, I think, um, for people just to really be digging into inquiry based learning and concept driven instruction. And as the school matured, initially it had been set up with a very similar professional evaluation structure as the university, which also had an element of um, performance related pay and, and bonus. And as it, you know, the, the school moved from startup to maturity, there was definitely a sense at that point from the administration that something else needed to happen. You know, if um, we want the conditions for purposeful structured inquiry for our students, uh, it's very hard to create that if we're not doing the same for our teachers. So um, the story that I get to tell, you know, that, that phrase get to, I get to tell it really because of everything that has happened and all the people who put in a lot of work to this program um, over the last uh, sort of 10, 12 years really. But in, in 2016, particularly, they, they engaged with a company called Interlead and a, a guy called Tony Birkin, who um, I hear very great things about, unfortunately never met him, with the idea of moving from uh, goals to inquiry and moving from observation to self-authoring uh, professional uh, professional development for, for teachers. And um, Tony worked over a series of time, bringing, first of all, a, a set of standards that the school um, that he had developed and his company had developed that the school could work with. And the, I think the unique thing about them, they're really comprehensive in terms of going into standards for counsellors, standards for, for leaders, standards for um, coordinators, middle leadership, librarians. Um, and they really were, you know, very, very timely. The standards were there really to provoke professional inquiry. So teachers during the year began their year with a self-assessment and the idea being self-assessment against the standards. And, you know, sometimes you come back to the ground that you've already covered and look at it anew, perhaps digging into some areas of the standards that, that um, either connected to a professional challenge that people were seeing in the, in the classroom, a problem of practice or an area of inquiry. And at that point, the, the sense was very much about individual inquiry. Um, it was very much about personalized ownership. Um, along with the standards came the introduction of what were called, or what are still called actually pedagogical coaches. Um, two or between two and five pedagogical coaches per division. And their focus was really on that sort of cognitive coaching side of helping teachers to identify 
areas of development through the standards. And then um, again, part of our, I guess our stable backbone of, of this self-authoring process has always been not only the self-assessment, but establishing a professional inquiry uh, created really around the, the sentence starter, how will I or how might I? So teachers set their own professional inquiry and then with the support of these pedagogical coordinators as coaches would then uh, go about unpacking that inquiry through the year. And these core professional practices, you know, um, again, as somebody who gets to tell the story but didn't create it, I think really help. Um, there's the self-assessment setting an inquiry. There is also this uh, requirement that's, that's evolved and shifted of, of journaling and capturing your thinking, somehow documenting your learning. Obviously, the coaching, which has moved gradually from pedagogical coaches to sometimes a little bit more collaborative coaching with, with peers. There was also a real expectation of walkthroughs, classroom visits, seeking feedback from colleagues, but particularly student voice um, and seeking student feedback, you know, in terms of evidence of impact on learning. Um, and then the piece with the administration was framed around learning talk conversations. So the year had three conversations in it with the principal and the teacher, and those conversations were framed very much in the, the language of inquiry and all of this having to be research-based, um, based in educational research. So I think a really, really um, strong and a, and a very iterative process uh, over a number of semesters where uh, the staff and the faculty worked with, with Tony on, on this. Um, and I think then the story kind of shifts a little because that worked, I think, for three years. And then we had that lovely time of COVID um, and that hit. And what we found there was that as uh, we moved to online, we, we still maintained this um, professional inquiry. But what we started to see was, I guess, with a lot of things that happened in COVID, a little bit more agility. Um, some of the divisional leaders tweaking it, changing it a little bit. Um, the standards gradually got condensed, I think, down to a smaller number. Um, people started, no, we noticed that a lot more teachers were starting to collaborate over their inquiries. Um, and that collaborative inquiry was becoming more and more the norm. Uh, people either with a sort of thematic piece around class meetings or a thematic piece around assessment, or people with literally the same questions that they were going into. So COVID gave us a chance, I guess, to, um, to explore a little divisionally about what else could be happening within this stable backbone of professional practices. Um, and then as a result of that, through COVID, we, we kind of adjusted a few things. So initially, the move was very much away from a performance-based culture um, to one that was really driven by individual teacher inquiry. And as, as COVID loosened the reins a little bit and we realized that as long as we were keeping honest with the standards and rooting all of our inquiries against those, and as long as we were also employing those professional practices, particularly you know, being research-based and taking feedback from students and being in each other's classrooms, we, we thought we could probably um, explore some other ways of doing things. So I guess this is where the standards became a very interesting piece in a strategic sense. You know, I think the, the literature is very much, you know, if it, depending on you read, we, we all believe in teacher autonomy as a great, great driver for building capacity. But um, we also believe that when teachers sit down and talk about their inquiries together, face, focused on student learning, there's a great improvement in student learning. So what had been, I guess, quite a bottom-up process of professional inquiry suddenly hit what we had created, which was a very, very 
um, ambitious strategic plan. We reviewed our mission, our vision and values. We um, adopted and developed new learning principles, um, all of which still fitted the standards, which shows how really fantastically well uh, created those standards were. So the standards still stood as a stable backbone for us in terms of um, you know, what we stood for and also uh, jumping off points for teachers' inquiries. But we did start to move the inquiry, if you like, from that very teacher-centered, and we tried to then shape it a little bit. There was so much going on strategically, particularly things like um, introducing standards or bringing standards into our IP program, um, starting to explore universal design for learning, um, using data had been something that had been growing and growing in the school. So there are a lot of key strategic areas that we realized would really benefit from, um, you know, in the classroom, grounded inquiry by teachers. So um, I think in 2020 to 21, we, we um, asked teachers to continue with that same process, but we gave them a very broad menu. Remember those menu boards from COVID? It was probably inspired by that, a very broad menu of strategic areas where we really wanted help. We didn't want these goals and objectives to be top down. We wanted, of course, a degree of guidance and consultancy around them, but we also wanted teachers tinkering with them and exploring and experimenting and inquiring in their classrooms as well, so that we had both a kind of top down and a bottom up um, shift and change in these strate strategic areas. And I guess that's the, the biggest change. So we've gone from Always, always a belief in self-authoring, always a belief of being grounded in the standards and in professional inquiry, um, always a belief in, in getting feedback from colleagues and from students, but a shift more from very personalized individual inquiry to personalized inquiry in the context of collaborative inquiries within the school. Um, I think that's been the, the, biggest, the biggest shift over the last few years. Great. Thank you so much for sharing the story. I love the term backbone, uh, using the uh, professional standards as the backbone of everything that happens within the school. Bambi, I can see that you've got something on your mind. Have you got a question that you want to ask for Julian? Yeah, I've always got my low tech, you know, ready to uh, <laughs> remind me of what happened. First, you know, yeah, no, it's the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, there's many kind of age old questions that run around um, this whole notion, and you mentioned many, you said some, many of the key words, you know, and of course, one of those words is accountability. Um, a lot of our work now in the PTC and in our organization is with governance and governance, the word accountability and governance is, is a big one. You know, they have this obligation to ensure that there's policy in place that um, ensures that every single kid has the best quality teacher all the time, since we know that that is the the key ingredient to and um, to improving learning for every single kid. You know, and once we all accept that, um, I'm interested in with the you know with the professional inquiry. Uh, okay, being teacher driven and now collaboratively, uh, what you know, what what do you how do you deal with or talk about the the notion of accountability, which is kind of one of the key underpinnings, you know, of having the standards to the profession. And so I like the what you said about how we move from the individual setting their own goals, which quite frankly, you know, that's not being part of the collective, you know, that's just being whatever you want to do. So how do you um, approach this idea that we do have a collective obligation and responsibility to all kids 
Um, certainly the standards are one of those tools. What, what do you, how do you talk about that at your school? Yeah, I guess, I mean, I think probably the biggest piece is, is through, through data, you know, that, that, that it's a really learner centered process. And I think it, if it had been one just about setting goals or, um, you know, I'm doing something that I know I'm going to achieve anyway. There wouldn't have been that same need for research. But I think one of the practices that to me is clearly embedded in the school. And again, I love being the guy that gets to talk about the stuff that he didn't have any anything in, in terms of creating. But it's an amazing, um, there's an amazing drive and belief in, in using data. And I think that's where that that asking, how do I know? Um, with student voice, like for example, in the elementary school, a lot of the coaching really does happen around um, student artifacts, particularly. So there's a lot of work on with the coaches identifying the, what artifacts will indicate a shift in, in learning based on this standard. In the secondary school, there tends to be um, also a lot of student voice, you know, a lot of, um, and, and again, we know that teachers have different comfort levels with this, but um, a fair amount of sharing with students, I'm working on feedback. Um, so this is what I'm trying to achieve. And then at the uh, middle of the year, I'm going to ask you to complete the survey on how you feel the feedback's working. Um, so there's there's that level of accountability. I feel like the the tightness um, has really happened with this top down bottom up sense that there are the standards and the, you know our standards tend to be very much about um, you know, obviously curriculum pedagogy assessment classroom environment, but we also have um, for everybody a set of standards that are about contributing to a professional learning community. And one of the things that we did um, just after COVID was to realize that. Only setting an inquiry wasn't necessarily the only um, commitment that we wanted you to make. And that being, a, you know, I think, I think it's Linda, Linda Darling-Hammond talks about teaching practices and teacher practices, that, that what you do with your kids is important. What you do with your colleagues is equally important. So we asked people, instead of only setting an inquiry, to also set a goal. And the goal um, was to come from contributing to a professional learning community standards included things like monitoring your emotions you know um contributing collectively to resourcing the department you know sharing your stuff um, so again so many things in there so the idea is that every year you set a goal which is your accountability to your colleagues and you set an inquiry which is your accountability to your students to be honest though bambi as you know <laughs> there's so much going on in most schools anyway um it, i think one of the hard things is there are so many um there are so many inquiries going on at once. You know, sometimes I feel like we it's its the difference maybe between, you know, a, an early years classroom and a, and a high school classroom. You know, the, the teachers are working on so many fronts with um, highly structured school-based inquiries. You know, how are you going to implement this as well as their own personalized ones? So I think this is where, I, you know, this idea of the backbone comes from McKinsey and it's about um, agile organizations moving from startup to mature you can't be bureaucratic. If you're stuck in the middle, everything is a checkbox. There's no choice at all. Um, you get bogged down and you don't change at all. But if you want to get agility, you still need to define the things that the agility happens around. And I think that's what I've, I've enjoyed most about these, these, in educational terms, these standards are getting on a bit now, right? <laughs> They're sort of seven years old. You know, A lot of schools would be ready to change by now. But I think what we've tried to do is evolve with them um, they possibly need a repackage now with our new learning principles. We know that they really fit. We've, we've audited them against our learning principles. 
But I, I, again, I, I think some great work went into them. I think sometimes schools can throw the baby out with the bathwater, as we say in um, the south of England, you know, and, and, and get rid of good practices and bring in different practices, which are also good. Um, so I, I think we try to think in those terms of, you know, building from what we what we have and identifying new opportunities with that. Um, but as I say, I, I think the culture, going back to that, that piece about accountability, I think the, the, the culture and also this amazing gift we've got of coaches just to help keep teachers on track with the accountability of how's it going? How do you know? What evidence are you gathering? What can I help with? Do you want me to talk to the students? I can survey them if you want personally, or I can, I can talk to a focus group, you know? So it's a, it's a luxury to be honest, but we want to make the most of it while we have it. That's a perfect segue, Julian. Thank you so much. The second part of the podcast, we wanted to share the set of standards that Bambi talked about at the beginning, um, created by a group of people, including the PTC, James Strong, Kevin Simpson at ALOC, and now that is part of the Thai Resume Builder uh, for teachers to be able to show evidence of international professional standards to schools that are seeking candidates. So what you're talking about, the collecting of evidence, is absolutely perfect. I'd like you to um, actually talk about one of the standards for international teachers that um, our teachers and our leaders who come to any of our PTC courses learn about. And so the standard that I'd like you to talk about is this one. Collaborate positively with all members of the school community. And in brackets, it has students, colleagues, parents, and leaders. And you've all already alluded to some of these things. But mm -hmm. the, the question that I want to ask you is, if this was one of the standards, and it could be actually one of the standards in your, um, the standards that you have about the teaching profession, then what evidence would you be looking for, listening for, if this was one of the KAUST standards? And how might a teacher collect evidence of it in a portfolio or in using the Thai resume builder? Yes, <laughs> that's an easy one, isn't it? Um, I think I'm always interested in, in the 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 kind of continuum from cooperation to collaboration. You know, I think there is when schools get busy and when they get big um, or when they get ambitious, there's a degree of cooperation needed. That's that stable backbone bit, right? You, you, there is some collaboration that is not difficult, nor does it lead to um, fresh thinking. It just means that there's no drag effect of pulling you backwards. So I think I'd look at evidence, first of all, that teachers are not, they're, they're on board with, um, you know, essential agreements, policy, that kind of thing. And I know that's a small thing, but sometimes you can spin your wheels quite a lot. Um, so I think one of the things is that actually, you know, schools work really well when policies are in place and people just stick to them. You know, deadlines, those kind of things. So then you get into, I think, moving from cooperation, you get into collaboration. And collaboration is, is then where the change happens. Um, and we, we, we obviously... As an IB school, we try to build as much collaborative time. Um, and we, we thought about this a while ago, you know, how many different ways could you show collaboration? Obviously, there's there's that unit building that happens the whole time. Um, there's then the the commitment when and we're, we're growing back into walkthroughs, that kind of thing. Commitment to being back involved in walkthroughs. Because we were, um, so there's, there's kind of, the collaboration, I think, that you ask teachers to author themselves, and then there's the collaboration that you build in yourselves. We um, 
because we've been working very hard on being a whole school and, and a K-12 system, with a lot of these collaborative inquiries, we put together cross-divisional time from kindergarten to grade 12, and we brought teachers together in those groupings. So initially we used that for curriculum development during COVID. We were a bit crazy and we decided we'd do massive curriculum development during COVID, and our amazing teachers did it. Then when we came out of COVID, those spaces, we shifted them into those collaborative inquiries. So we brought people together, I, I guess in low stakes, right? Not, not to kind of be enlightened as a kindergarten teacher by the diploma social studies teacher, but, but really just to recognize the similarities. So if people were inquiring into um, universal design for learning, we'd group them together and they would then have opportunities to share their inquiries so that somebody with a similar inquiry would, would understand that. And then at the end of the year, uh, last year, and then we continue it now, we'll continue it this year and every year, we'll, we'll have a, a kind of a, a mini symposium where we just just share all of these professional inquiries. Um, I think sometimes people, we, we, we did something at the beginning of the year, which was about um, disciplinary practices, um, putting music teachers across the school together and social studies teachers across the school, looking at our K-12 practices and saying, like, what does this look like for you? And I think sometimes people move into those spaces with the sense of all the marking they've got to do or the classroom they've got to lay out for the next day. Um, but the the general feedback that I got was actually that was OK. You know, that was actually worthwhile. Um, and I think sometimes the collaboration, you know, I think we, we, we chase after data driven decision making and we chase after evidence of impact on learning. But I think we also need to um, make sure that collaboration is somewhat um, so it is social can just can be very social um, with some impact or can be very impactful with some socializing. So bringing people together K-12 has been something that I think has just allowed us to recognize the, the junior versions of learning that happen across the school, but also the uh, for uh, kindergarten teachers to realize when I talk about scientific practices with my colleagues in the secondary school, I can explain to them and they're you know really impressed with how scientifically minded my my four-year-olds are um so yeah i think all the evidence from we want to know that people contributed to, to collaborative planning we want to know um that they are um working effectively in teams but we also just want to find ways to come together as i said in lower stakes um we're actually one thing that we're doing with our community a lot of our or nearly all our parents in fact all our parents work at the university so i'm just planning with someone at the university to get together our science educators. So a selection of science educators um, from different divisions of the school to meet with science professors and to do again, that, that kind of collaborative inquiry, um, talking about scientific practices, talking about the role of research in the different jobs. Um, so reaching out, out beyond. So I think I probably strayed a little bit away. A little bit. I'm going to push a little bit further on that because yeah. you have, you shared some amazing systems that Calist has put in place to support uh, teachers in being able to collaborate positively with all members of the school community. These are great systems and opportunities. If I was a teacher at the school, how would I collect evidence besides just attending collect evidence that I am actually collaborating positively with all members of the, the community? What would I, would I be putting things in a portfolio? Would I be putting them on the Thai resume builder? What would I be doing that would be collecting well, evidence? The Thai resume, resume builder sounds very tempting. We've moved from um, 
journaling actually journaling i think this is again one of the learning curves that initially when the standards and the professional inquiry was founded it was very much based on journaling um, and a lot of people do journal well and they find that a really professional a really their, their medium i guess for professional reflection um, again what we noticed in covid was a few shifts and people started kind of bringing a lot more evidence through video a lot more multimedia evidence of, of learning and uh, collaboration so we shifted to a slideshow uh, version now where teachers it just you can still journal you know to your heart's content if journaling is your thing you can definitely use it but if actually you like multimedia or you like to you know just use photographs and document in in that way then you can do that so i i feel like there's a huge amount of space for us to go multimodal and really provide a you know a, a many many more opportunities for people and i think that's the the key to this stable backbone thing really is if we know that the core of what we're trying to achieve is based on professional inquiry professional standards collaboration feedback and data um it's UDL, right? We can we can give multiple forms of expression. We can have multiple forms of engagement. So I think that's probably where we need to go next. But I think something that's multimodal um, is definitely the way that we need to, to move. Great, thank you. All right, we've only got a couple of minutes left. So just a final question for you. Um, in one line, is there any advice that you would give to schools to enhance the use of professional standards in their international school? So from everything that you've learned, because you've shared a lot that you've learned, one piece of advice moving forward. Yeah, I think, well, I think finding ways to um, give teachers ownership and, and to, to recognize that, you know, we, we can use professional standards in, in, in so many ways, but I, I am a real great believer in nobody dying, you know, through the professional learning process. And I think sometimes having the school, I think the school can support high stakes digging into certain areas of standards and make sure it's well-resourced and that you have consultants or professional development provided for it. But I think teachers need a space where they can truly own their learning in a low stakes manner as well. Um, and if if you're in a busy international school, I think my, my advice and my wish would be to create some time for this so that there's a moment of, of th that genuine peaceful reflection on practice rather than another thing to fill in. Now, I'm not saying, because I'm sure people will listen to this, that we are there. Um, but I think that would, that's where I would, I would see it going, is, is in the enjoyment of professional learning and professional growth can only come if you give enough time to it. Great. Um, thank you so much for your insights, Julian. Um, as we close for the podcast today, I'm just going to repeat that one piece of advice you said, make sure that you focus on an opportunity for teachers to have ownership and reflection as part of their growth and supervision process. Thank you so much, Julian. Thank you to Bambi and over and out. Thank you for listening to the Thai podcast. We will be back again with more to keep you informed and to keep you connected with international educators from around the world. Do check out our website for more news and research articles on international education. Also, write to me at editor at tieonline.com if you would like to share an article. Article submission details can also be found on our website www.tieonline.com. 
Once again, thank you and hope you learned something new today. Stay kind and stay connected. See you soon.